Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Greetings, Mosaic Church friends and family. Mosaic Church OKC Online. So for all of you who are just tuning in for the first time or maybe you've tuned in several times during the COVID-19 restrictions that we're all under, we welcome you. Uh, I did not go out and get a haircut. My wife is jack of all trades and master of many. Uh, the old saying is jack of all trades, master of none. She seems to be a master of all things. So anyway, don't get mad at me for having a nice haircut. All right. So hold your Bibles up high. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, we are glad that you've joined us online. Today I'm going to be talking about a very important topic uh, entitled Beating unbelief. You know, our bodies have uh, immune systems and they work to fight off viruses and all kinds of different things. They don't always work perfectly, but God created us and our bodies to fight off a lot of things. We don't beat everything that we fight, but if you have a strong immune system, you stand a better chance. Well, our bodies have an immune system, but our spirit does as well. Um, we can be immune to negativity, fear, doubt, unbelief. If we have fed our bodies, our spirits, better yet, the right thing, the right words, the right thoughts, uh, we can win the battle. Uh, if I were to break this down today, I would say you have your body, you have your emotions, you have your mind or your mental condition, emotional condition, and, and your spiritual condition. So if our spiritual condition, our mental condition, and our emotional condition is strong, and let's just say our bodies are weak, we're still 75% better because we have three components of who we are fighting against one. And believe it or not, many, many illnesses have been scientifically proven to be psychosomatic. And the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, I understand that there's more to it than that, but I'm just trying to help us see how important it is that we, during this time, that we're trying to keep our immune system strong physically, that we not forget uh, our spirit man and to be spiritually, mentally, and emotionally fighting against doubt and fear and unbelief. In the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 15, it says, As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man, the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him into the, to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus' response in verse 19, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? 
bring the boy to me. Now, Jesus is about to infuse them and their spirit and the way they think and the way they feel with a miracle that will hopefully stimulate strength in their spirit, in their mind, and in their emotions. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has it been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. So <laughs> Jesus' response is classic. If you can, can you almost see Jesus saying, well, you don't think I can do this? Everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Every one of us battle and fight moments in time. We're stronger than we are at other times. And I want today, in a moment, to walk us through how to stay strong and keep your spiritual immunity high so that in difficult times, physically, mentally, emotionally, that our spirit can move us uh, toward our healing, toward our miracle, as this father's moving his son toward his miracle. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Great prayer. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit, you deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, Come out of him. Never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. Many people today uh, have a difficult time believing in miracles or divine intervention or the Trinitarian uh, engagement, in other words, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being engaged in our world. I believe it's deism that says that God put the world into motion and stepped back and became uninvolved. That could not be further from the truth. And if there is any one part of the Bible that's not accurate or true, then it none of it is true. So we have to realize that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He may not be physically with us, but when he left the earth, he said, I'll leave another with you, the Holy Spirit, who will comfort you, who will guide you. And uh, so we have God's Spirit with us. And so the devil, there is a devil, and he fights against the blessing of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord, the healing of the Lord. There is a resistance constantly attacking uh, our spiritual immunity, where we are constantly, if we have to battle something for a season or a period of time or something goes wrong, it's very easy for us to become sick in our spirit and, and, and lose the fight. And Paul said, I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. And so we have to fight the good fight and we have to keep the faith. First Timothy 1 says in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful appointing me to his service, Paul saying, even though I was a, once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. This is the grace and mercy of God. The grace of our Lord was poured out to me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Very important 
for us to realize that all of us come to God flawed. Uh, all of us come to God with sin. All of us come to God with error. All of us come to God with mistakes. All of us come to God at times like the Father said, I believe, but there's got to be some unbelief in me. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for that. And there are those right now that are, you're watching and you're going through an extremely difficult time. And as you look ahead, you can't see it changing much. You've been laid off or fired. You're not furloughed. You don't have a job when this is all said and done. Let me say this. You do have a job. It may not be the same one, but God is going to provide. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And God will provide. And what I want to do today is just instill in you and in your spiritual immune system a strength that will cause you to rise up and believe that the latter is going to be greater than the former. There are two things we need to do. Number one, we need to believe in others. When we believe in others, it changes them. So we need to get our belief system up and encourage one another, especially during dark times like these. Believe in others and it will change them. But listen to this. When we believe God, it changes us. So our belief system is critical in that we help others with it and then we believe God and it helps us. It's funny how you can tell someone there are 300 billion stars in the universe and they'll believe you without question. But if you tell them, don't sit on that bench, I just painted it and the paint is probably still wet, they have to touch it. In other words, they don't really believe, they're questioning what you say. And so that's how come we have to encourage others to believe. Post-pandemic, is going to be, I've read articles, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that, never gonna be normal again. I'd like to ask the one question, what is normal? Who knows what normal is? People say, well, this is gonna be a new normal. I can go with that. But there's really no precedent for what normal looks like. Uh, depending on what country you're from, what culture you've been in, there are different norms for different cultures, different parts of the world. And the, the greatest norm of all is that we don't change how we believe in Jesus. We don't change our faith. That if anything, our faith grows or increases during this time. So here are several things that cause unbelief. Number one, just our sin nature. We're all born with a sin nature. When Adam and Eve uh, ate from the tree God told them not to eat from, uh, sin entered our DNA in that moment, and we all have it. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So we see the God of this age trying to infiltrate our minds, our thinking, to not believe and to challenge the things that we would exercise faith in. And some people think faith is dumb. You know, we served an age of miracles. No, we didn't. We serve a God of miracles. And the things he did in the past, he's still doing today. You don't hear all those stories because you're not going to hear them on a negative news network. And they're not going to talk about them. But let me say this. God is in your corner. God is on your side. Second thing, experiences in life. Uh, you know, we're experiencing this pandemic. It's a, it's a real negative. And this experience will do one of two things. It won't leave many people neutral. There will be people who believe less, and there will be people who believe more. And so I want to challenge us during this time to really focus on the positive, on the things that are possible that lie ahead. Because with God, 
everything is possible. So I want you to start thinking about what you want to do next. Quit looking at what happened and all the negative and start thinking when this is over and, and we re-enter uh, our, our social gatherings and all of that, those things, what do I want my life to look like? Very, very important that we not allow negative experiences in life to dictate how we think about the future. My father was very poor, grew up in a family of 12. Uh, he didn't have a pair of shoes till he was five years old. Uh, and he could have just said, you know, this is life. This is how it is. And it's never gonna get better. But at a very young age, my father developed, developed an entrepreneurial mind and he worked very hard. By the time my father was 33 years old, he was totally out of debt, owed no one anything. He worked hard, he managed his money well. He didn't allow his spiritual, mental, and emotional immune system to break down because of the negative environment that he grew up in. Very, very important that we realize that if we walk with wise people, we will become wise. But the Bible says a companion of fools comes to ruin. So that's the next point, the others around us. It's important that when people start getting negative, that you not just sit and listen to it. If you listen to it, it absorbs into your soul, into your spirit, and into your thinking. Negativity is a horrible thing. The Bible says, we believe, therefore we speak. I'm not suggesting we're creating universes and all that. But what we believe, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You will know what's in your heart and other people's heart, whether you believe or you don't believe, based on the words that you speak. The creator of the steamboat way back in the day uh, was launching the very first steamboat ever created. And because it was such a mammoth deal, people came from everywhere to stand on the shores as the founder, Mr. Fulton, began to crank up the steamboat and the people on the shore were going, it'll never start, it'll never start. And they were being very negative. And this man had worked hard, long hours to build this vessel. And boy, it, you could hear it groan and grind. And finally that steamboat started. And it started moving slowly down the river. And the people started yelling, it'll never stop, it'll never stop. There are people like that in our world that nothing good is going to happen to them. They don't believe, they have unbelief, and as a result, they affect or infect, if you will, other people around them. We cannot allow negative words to infect our spirit. Many people are, are fearful, and I understand that. I mean, we've seen an incredible decrease in, in our operating budget, uh, and, and I just look at it every day and go, God, this is your church. We're your people. These are wonderful people at Mosaic Church OKC. They've been faithful givers. And now many of them have lost their jobs and we could get fearful. I'm telling you right now, I'm full of faith. And regardless of what happens, I'm not going to be fearful. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, lion's dens, fiery furnaces. They never lost their faith. They never lost their peace. They never didn't believe. They believed and looked at the king and said, you know what? You can kill us if you want to. You can. We're not going to change how we feel about our God. We're not going to change how we trust our God. I want to infuse us with faith today. And then lastly, we become impatient. And I want to encourage you, if things don't turn around quickly, 
don't stop. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Sometimes it's just a matter of time. And uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 3, And to whom God, did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not those who disobeyed? So we see that we are not able to enter because of their unbelief. They were not able to enter because of their unbelief. They didn't believe. Another person writes, unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God, but faith puts God between us and our circumstances. There's just a minor difference. Unbelief puts our circumstances between us and God, but faith puts God between us and our circumstances. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And even a, just a mustard seed of faith can move mountains. We're not talking about a person who's just loaded and filled with this ton of faith, just a little mustard seed faith. So how do we get over this? Now, first off, Psalm 34 says, I sought the Lord, he answered me, he delivered me from all my fears. People read the Bible oftentimes to make themselves feel better about their relationship with God or maybe to feel like they're appeasing or satisfying God by reading their Bible. It's not why we read the Bible. It's not why we pray. We're reading and praying to strengthen our faith in God, not to impress God, but to have God's impression upon our soul, that, that we have the fingerprints of God in our spirit, that his hands are on us and he's working on our behalf. So number one, declare the word of God. Many people go around promising God what they will do if they don't get a virus. They don't, uh, you know, if they get a job, they'll serve him the rest of the, so you start promising God, if you'll heal me, if you'll give me a job, if you'll, I, I promise you, God, here's what I'll do. God's not looking for our promises. God is looking for us to declare his promises. So rather than promising God all the things you're going to do if you get another job or you get a raise or you get through this, start declaring that I am surrounded with favor as with a shield. That's what Psalm 512 says, and that God will meet all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When we begin declaring the word of God, we are in covenant with God. And according to Isaiah 59, 20, 21, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. A covenant cannot be broken. A contract can, a covenant cannot. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord from this time and forever. What he's saying is, don't let negativity, don't cast those words out there as untrue. Keep those words, God's word, in your mouth at all times. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. So the word is everlasting. And matter of fact, he also told Isaiah, he said, Tell the people, call me in remembrance of my word. Not because God has forgotten, but because if we don't, we often forget. And so basically we're saying, God, we believe your words to be true. Every time we speak his word, it comes back into us. It doesn't depart from us. His word stands 
forever. Psalm 119, verse 16 says, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. The Bible is very, very important part of our lives. And I encourage people to read it and listen to it, not in order to impress God, in order for God to get it on the inside of us. So that in times of trouble and difficulty, we know how to respond and to whom to turn. Psalm 119.89, your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Secondly, his word guides and directs. Psalm 119.105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. All of us who live in an apartment, a home, doesn't matter where, and it gets dark before we come home, no lights are on, you kind of know your way around the house. But oftentimes, if you don't turn the light on, you're going to stumble over furniture. You're going you're gonna to run into things. So it's nice to have light physically. Spiritually, there are people living in darkness right now. And, and they, they're, they're afraid mentally. They're in darkness, emotionally in darkness. We turn the light on by the Word of God. By When we share the Word, when we declare the Word, it turns the light on for us. Number three, his word brings healing and hope. And so when we declare the word of God, we speak the word of God. Now, the Bible says we're all going to die. I can't determine the quantity of my life, but I can determine the quality of my life. So when I am speaking God's word, I'm not declaring I'll live to be a hundred. I'm simply saying until I pass away, I get to determine the quality of if you will, the joy, the peace of my life. And so it says in Psalm 107, 20, he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destructions. We have to connect with God's word. Second thing is not just declaring his word, but confessing our need. That we need to confess to one another uh, our sins and our sickness in the Bible says will be healed. Confession is critical. God's not afraid of your truth or my truth. God's not afraid of our sin or our mistakes. He overcame those. And so it's very, very important that we're very honest with God. God, here's what I need. Here's what I'm confessing I need. In James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, You desire, but do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And it goes on to say you ask with wrong motives. And who knows the motive or the heart of man except God himself. And so you can accuse somebody of having a wrong motive all you want, but you don't know their heart. And so the Bible tells us we don't have because we don't ask. I want to encourage you to begin asking. When I came back to start Mosaic Church OKC, I was praying. I had no buildings left. You know, all the buildings I had built and purchased and leased were gone. And uh, when I came back to Oklahoma City to start church, I was praying one day and I said, God, I need a building. And that's how I, I was confessing my need. And in my heart, I felt this impression, God saying, no, you don't need a building. You need the building. And so I changed my prayer. God, I'm confessing I need the building that you have for me to start this church. And it was almost immediate that I found the building. In other words, get specific 
with God. During this time, get specific with God. Don't be afraid to ask very specifically. Even if you cause the trouble, don't be afraid to ask God. Some people say, well, it's all my fault. If I hadn't have done this or hadn't have done that, so I, I can't ask God. Yes, you can ask God. God knows when we do something stupid. Jesus not only died for our sins, he died for our stupid. And so whenever you feel like you've been stupid, you've made a mistake after mistake, confess, God, I've made mistake after mistake. Please help me, forgive me. God, I'm looking to you. Psalm 86, 7 says, In the day of my trouble, I will call to you, for you will answer me. So I want you to quit looking at all the mistakes you've made, all the things you've done wrong, and I want you to start looking at what God did right through the person of Jesus Christ. And what Jesus did right, numerous, everything perfect, leaving with us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us. It's strange to me that people can talk about the mind, but when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, it freaks people out. Even religious people who believe in Jesus have a difficult time embracing that Jesus said, I'm going to leave a comforter with you, and he will be the Holy Spirit, a paraclete, called alongside to help us. God is not mad at you. Man, when I grew up, I, I listened to some really mean preachers. I don't think they were mean. They just sounded mean. And it scared me. I thought, man, I, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I might as well just cash this in. And, uh, you know, they wanted to make sure that we all continued to get punished for mistakes we made. And their rationale was, we don't want you to ever forget what you did. I want to forget what I did and remember what Jesus did to take care of what I've done wrong. And so we need to always remember God is for us, not against us. He's not an evil judge. He doesn't have a Louisville slugger waiting to smack us every time we make a mistake. Adjust by the word of God and realize your belief system is going to be strong and healthy. And we're going to get through this. The third thing is meditate on the promises. Don't just declare the word. Don't just confess the need. But meditate. That means to stop. Be still and know that I am God, the psalmist said. One translation said, cease striving and know that I'm God. The hardest thing for me and Susan or Susan and I has been that, that we're, we're hard workers. We love working. And so when, when we were restricted to our home, we literally, we just started working, finding things that were broken or breaking things and fixing them, just doing things. You know, that just we just decided we're going to do something. And so rather than sitting around meditating on, on the virus and listening to all the news reports, and which, by the way, I've heard this, the COVID virus has a 98% cure rate. I mean, that's pretty positive to me. But we continue to focus on the losses. And as tragic as they are and as sorry as I am for all the people who have lost loved ones, realize this, we have a lot to be thankful for. Many of you have had family members that are healed and they're well and they're doing great right now. And sometimes we don't rejoice for fear that somebody will think we're minimizing another person's loss. That's not what we're doing. We're exalting God and being grateful for what God has done in the lives of those who have been made well. Joshua 1.8, God said, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. 
then you will be prosperous and successful. It doesn't say then you'll be okay. Then it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. No, he said as you meditate on the right things, as you stimulate and strengthen your spirit and your spiritual immunity or immune system, your mental immune system, your emotional immune system, you will become stronger and you will speak to your body and you will talk to yourself as David did. Why so downcast, oh my soul? I mean, we are fearful of looking in the mirror and talking to ourselves. We've been told you're crazy. Well, then David was crazy. The psalmist, the man after God's own heart. And that's the challenge. We, we live our lives for the approval of others or the acceptance of others so often that we lose sight of who God made us. And we're called to believe regardless of what someone else says or thinks. So I don't give ear to people who are negative. As a matter of fact, sometimes I'll make people mad because I'm not going to listen to things that are negative because it doesn't fix anything. But being positive does. When the father looked at Jesus and said, I believe, but forgive me for my unbelief. And Jesus said, you know what? With me, all things are possible. We've got to start believing all things are still possible with God. I want you to be strong in your faith, in your belief system. I want you to rejoice in the Lord. Listen to this. When we meditate, uh, we don't just meditate to meet a need. We meditate to protect a seed. We don't meditate just to meet a need. God, just meet, I'm just meditating because I want this need met. You're preserving the seed of God's word. You may remember the parable in uh, Matthew chapter 13. Then he told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places uh, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns. Now this is negative people here, which grew up and choked the plants. Negativity and negative words will choke the seed that God is trying to produce in your life and cause to flourish. There will always be, I know it's going to get better, but we've got to stop the but type conversation. Things are going to get better, but they're going to get worse before they get better. Stop getting worse before it, it might. But here's the reality. What good does it do to say that? Preparing ourselves for the difficulty I want to prepare myself to overcome the difficulty. And let me just tell you, it doesn't take a whole army to believe with you. When the 12 spies went into the land of promise, uh, only two of them came back with a positive word. And guess what? Israel ended up going into the promised land of those who believed, all because two guys made a difference. Ten of them came back and said, man, there are giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers. And they started infecting, if you will, this uh, spiritual virus into the hearts and minds of Israel. After all they had been through, they come upon the promised land and negativity is still resident. But two voices said, stop. As a matter of fact, the Bible says Caleb said he silenced the crowd. Sometimes it takes one person to say, you know what, shut up. Quit talking negative. Quit telling us what can't be done because there are giants in the land. We've come this far. We're going to possess. Why? Because we believe we can and we believe God is with us. 
Very important that you not give spiritual ground to negativity or you will never enter your promise. It's so absolutely important. I believe my best days are ahead. And when the devil steals, the Bible says when a thief is caught stealing, he has to repay seven times what he stole. Many of you have been stolen from. You say, well, the devil, I don't believe in the devil. You probably should because he's the thief that Jesus talked about in John 10. And it says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There is a war between good and evil, between God and the devil or the devil. And so what we have to realize is that battle rages, not physically, though we always looking at our bodies and wrinkles and how everything changes because we can see it. But the Bible says, blessed who uh, is he who can't see and yet believes. You can't see what's going on in here, but you know what's going on in here. And it's very important that you keep the faith so that you can fight the good fight. There must be a hiding place in our hearts, a place where we say, this is a place people aren't going to walk in and trample on my faith. They're not going to trample on my belief system. You're not going to infect me with your negative virus, your fear, doubt, and unbelief. And some of you are going to get mad at me right now because you say, well, shouldn't we be afraid? I'm going to live until I die. And then when I die, I'm going to be glad that I'm no longer living because I will be with Jesus. We cannot be defeated. Impossible. If God be for us, who can have success and be against us? No one. Try to scare a Christian with heaven. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, there won't be another electric bill, gas bill, no more sickness, no more disease, no more sorrow, no more tears. None of those things will exist. And though I'm not trying to get us there today, I'm simply trying to get us to see that God has not left out one detail when it comes to our abundant life now and our eternal life later. Very important that your belief system stay strong during this time don't get negative and not just listening to negativity. And I struggle with this. I'm just being very honest with you. I, my personal opinion, there's been an overreach. That's just my opinion. Some people are going to be mad at me saying this. And I believe the government's trying their best. I am thankful for our president, our governors, our mayors, Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian. I don't care. Pray for those in leadership. Don't get mad at them. Try your best not to be negative about them because I believe they're doing the best they can. And let me just give a shout out to all the governors and the mayors and the president and say thank you for doing the best you can. I do appreciate it. But during these times, we have to battle to stay positive and not be negative and not, not feed unbelief. Feed your belief system. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden, here we go, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Most people think sin is smoking, drinking, cussing, chewing, and, and playing pool, playing cards. We have all these things that we think are sin. Let me tell you what I think the greatest sin is. Fear, doubt, unbelief, gossip, criticism, judgmentalism. All of those things, to me, contaminate our spirit. Now, the other things may affect our bodies and hurt our, our bodies physically, but the reality is our spirit is what gives life to the vessel we call body. And so we need to be very careful at how we feed our spirit man. There must be a secret place. There are times that you not only hide his word in your heart, but you get away to that secret place where you uh, meditate on that word. You declare that word. Psalm 91 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. 
verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. They will hold you tight. So, we're declaring the word, confessing our need, meditating on the word, and then standing firm in our faith. As I've already stated, it's the faith that we possess. You shall ask whatever you will, and it'll be done, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. You can speak to the mountain, the Bible says, and it'll move from here to there. We have to feed our faith. We have to stand firm in our faith. And for those of you who are battling it and, and you're getting irritated at people who are positive and, and trying to stay positive, listen, I'm not judging you if you're fearful. I'm not judging you if you're mad. I'm not judging you if you're hateful. I'm simply trying to feed the part of your spirit and soul that, that will help you get through this and get on the other side of it. And uh, standing firm, sometimes it takes a little while to get to where you want to go. Mark chapter 8 is one of those stories. Then they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand, led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes, well, that's a little gross, I know. When he had spit on the man's eyes, put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. And then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. We are not finished. We will not quit. Okay? So lastly, let me just lay this out for you. Set a mark, a place, a private place, a secret place. Highest work. Focus on that spot, that mark, that power spot. And then lastly, move toward it. Faith without works is dead. I love you. I'm so thankful you've tuned into Mosaic Church OKC Online. I want to ask those of you that are fighting your, your belief system. Do I believe in Jesus? Is he real? Is he really the son of God? Did he real die, really die for my sins? I believe he did. And I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. And I believe as you pray this, you're going to sense something inside you, in your spirit, that's going to lift you up. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and I call you friend. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer to rededicate your life or to give your life to Jesus, I want to ask you to do me a favor right now. I want to ask you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. We receive that text. We will rejoice with you, celebrate with you. That's 405-500-1310. Just text the word SAVED to that number, okay? Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.